Hey friends, before we get started, are you looking to shake things up? Check out the Salt and Pepper podcast for your weekly chat about health, beauty, the ups, downs, and silver linings of life, entrepreneurship, and more. Olivia and Lisa are always honest, sometimes sassy, and they guarantee they'll spice up your Tuesday. These ladies are the best friends you didn't even know you wanted. Thanks for listening, and let's get started with this week's episode. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Maddie. And this is the Content Creatives Podcast. Our mission is to inspire creatives to discover, grow, and own their brand. Today, we're going to be discussing imposter syndrome as content creators and influencers, plus sharing a few tips on how to overcome imposter syndrome if it's something you're currently dealing with in your creative passions and careers. But before we get started, let's do our question of the day. And the question of the day is, what's one thing in your office you can't live without? So I was going to say like something like really just normal but at this point I think it's got to be my selkies (laughs) my selkie dresses for anyone who doesn't follow me on Instagram my it literally I feel like the last few photos have all been so I think there's like one that what no there was two two that weren't selkies in like the last like few weeks I just love my selkie dresses they are just so easy to photograph they are so magical I think at this point I really don't feel like I could live without them like I was talking to Sam about because we're going to Ireland soon to visit his family and I was like I'm gonna bring all my selkies I want to take pictures and all of them and all around Ireland and he was like no you're not and I said yes I am and he said no because if they lose your luggage you will cry oh my god that's so true and I was you you can just roll one up in one carry-on I was gonna say I feel like I might be able to make it work in a carry-on we'll see they're very fluffy I think I'd have to do like the you Um, know air thing the vacuum like vacuum all the air out because I would be horrified absolutely devastated I I, they're my children I am not no one can take my selkies away from me (laughs) I would be so sad and I use them for so many like photos they're just so magical like I haven't run into a company before that just every single piece that I get from them I just feel photographs so well the movement is just unreal so yeah I'm not gonna go on and on but I I feel like sulky's gotta be my one thing in my office that I can't live without um mine was a bit mine's like I was gonna say yours is probably much like ergonomical makes more sense (laughs) than like freaking dresses Uh, also the only reason my dresses are in my office is because I literally have like a content creator office and I actually have like my clothing rack in here so that's why this is not like a typical office thing (laughs) no it's good it's a content creator office like what you said exactly um so for me um I just like when was this maybe six months ago. I know this is so funny. Um, I'm on the petite side. And honestly, I should probably order like a petite office chair. That's not just like a cute chair. But when I was like building my office, I was like, no, I want a cute chair. So for me, what makes sense once one thing I can't live without is actually a really soft like footrest thing. Since again, I'm on the petite side. Um, Long term, it's like not good if your feet don't touch the ground. And if you in most chairs, like I get my toes will touch the ground. But if you're working again for long periods of time, like at your office or whatnot, it's like ergonomically better if your feet are flat on the ground. So even when I worked in my office like last year or I'm sorry, we were already working from home. I've always had a petite 
ergonomic ch- office chair, which obviously I don't have. I wish I could have taken it with me. Just and take I, it. And this I, is mine now. I know. I should have just rolled it out of the building. <laughs> Can you imagine? Who's going to use a petite office chair? It's literally like, okay, maybe another petite person. Hopefully someone notices. <laughs> but no. <laughs> no petite people are allowed to use your chair. It was always like such a thing at work. People were like, you have to, do you really need to move this chair? I'm like, it's made for me so yeah like yes I literally my feet will not touch the the floor and I need my foot rest and so when I ordered my foot rest I was like oh my gosh like I'm way more comfortable sitting at my desk like this makes sense and so um I think I just like ordered one off Amazon I think it was like 20 or 30 dollars and I don't know why that's cheap I didn't like work with a foot rest I don't know why it took me that long when I was like oh my god I I have to I literally need one of this and I've been working like the last six years with a footrest under my desk and then suddenly like I'm not and so um yeah more practical but can't live without it good job friend I know I need to get like a more ergonomic chair mine is just like for looks and it's really uncomfortable (laughs) I just need like a more especially now that I'll be working from home like a good chunk of the time I think that's probably a pretty good investment. I have like one of those, it's not a foot rest, but it's like one of those little under desk bikes, which is really fun. I don't know where I put it. It's somewhere here. I promise I use it. <laughs> it's like stuff like that. It's like, I mean, just having, I because I don't even think about my feet not touching the ground because they always do. So I think that's important that you got that. I'm glad you did. All right, you guys. So before we jump into tips about overcoming imposter syndrome, we first wanted to define what imposter syndrome is. So according to Harvard Business Review, imposter syndrome is defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. So those who experience imposter syndrome may experience chronic self-doubt, a sense of intellectual fraudulence, and unable to internalize their accomplishments despite success in their field, niche, or careers. So why is it important to recognize imposter syndrome as content creators or influencers? Y'all, we, I feel like every content creator or influencer I've talked about, I think has some level of imposter syndrome. I think a large piece of that is because of the stigma around our careers. And I think it's so hard, like, like people hear the word influencer and cringe and just like, it's, it's, frustrating and so we hear that like we hear all those social cues saying like this isn't a real business this isn't whatever when you develop so much business acumen as creators doing all of these things and this imposter syndrome is probably getting in the way of our own growth and success because there is enough to learn as creators there are enough challenges there are whole skill sets that we have to develop and sometimes On top of that, we might be dealing with imposter syndrome because so many people tell us that this isn't a real career, that even though we've built up all this business acumen, all these skills and things that people would never have learned in their nine to fives because they don't need all these extra skill sets, it feels like, you know, it can feel intimidating and people can like let make you feel lesser or make you feel like this career isn't what it is. And the reality is we as creators face this all the time and we don't want this to get in our way anymore. So I'm really excited to chat about this today. So some common thoughts and feelings associated with imposter syndrome include, I feel like a fake. So people who experience imposter syndrome might feel like they don't actually deserve this success. This is also related to the feeling of being found out or discovered. 
they might feel that they gave the impression that they're more competent that they are and have deep feelings that they um, deep feelings that they actually lack knowledge. And I have a quick story about this. I actually had like a pretty, I had like a really bad like moment of imposter syndrome two years ago. Um, Kiehl's hosted an influencer event and flew influencers out from around the country. And I was invited as one of the local influencers. And I was sitting there and I was like, why am I here? Like, why did they invite me? I can't believe that was two years ago. I also. can't believe that was, I know it because, you know, pandemic and it like erased a full year but oh yeah no that year's gone 2020 did not exist and I remember just being like oh my god there's like influencers at 100k 300k like why would they invite me like I because you're amazing anyways but you know that was like a moment of imposter syndrome I'm I literally was like are they gonna realize that like I'm still a micro influence like I'm pretty small compared to I think I was the smallest, like by audience size. I'm pretty sure I was like the smallest one there. So I was kind of like <gasps> intimidated. Yeah. I kind of felt the same. There's a few. I mean, I can list off so many examples of like when I've kind of felt that way. I think one of the ones when we started this podcast, like we talk about this stuff all the time. Like we are so we've been doing this for years. And in my head, I was like, am I really experienced enough to be like talking on all this and I'm like literally what am I talking about I do this every day I've done this every day for the last five plus years and more than six years I don't know math is hard but like I've been doing this for such a long time of course like I can speak to it but I remember when we first started it I was really intimidated and I was like like a little hesitant saying, am I going to be able to provide the kind of value that I would want to in a podcast? And I think we've done a really great job. I'm not to pat ourselves on the back, but (laughs) I think we, and it's just, I remember feeling that way when I first started. I remember feeling that way when I got reached out to about my first meet and greet um, with Kendra Scott. I was so, I was like, no one's going to come out to see me. I was so nervous. And so many people showed, I mean, not like a crazy amount of people, but like it was so cool to like be able to meet some people in person and interact and have a fun event. And I just, I was so nervous that I almost didn't do it because I was like, I feel like a fake, you know, quote unquote, like a meet and greet. Like that feels like celebrity stuff. And I just felt really weird about it, but it ended up being this really great experience. Yeah. Another thing that, you know, people experiencing imposter syndrome, you know, might say to themselves is that it's just all down to luck or that I've just been really lucky. People might attribute their success to luck or other external reasons. And you might even hear them say, oh, it was a fluke that this happened. And this actually helps them mask the fear that they won't be able to succeed the next time next time that they try something. Um, and I would say like with influencers specifically, right? Like if you're, you might not even be, be realized that like you're experiencing imposter syndrome because you're attributing it attributing it to luck and you're downplaying your success but like you might be yeah like oh I just had one video go viral on TikTok that's the only reason that I have like this many followers but it's like people wouldn't follow you if they didn't find value in that content or like oh I just you know like I just happened to end up on the explore page one day and got really lucky and so I got like a few followers that way like it's not they wouldn't have followed you they wouldn't have taken that next step without the content that you created and it's still a big factor in it. And it's so easy to just diminish it and just say it's all down to luck or like whatever. But the reality is you wouldn't be where you are today without your hard work. I think that's like one of the bigger ones for me for my like internal imposter syndrome is just thinking about any successes that I've had and not attributing that to myself and just being like, oh, 
it just happened and I think no I've literally spent hours like every week like probably like 30 plus hours a week minimum working on this the (laughs) amount of time you're editing content we're planning content yeah you know recording the podcast podcast. there's like so many things we do Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last thing that we wanted to bring up that people who experience imposter syndrome might say to themselves is I must not fail so those who are experiencing imposter syndrome might experience a huge amount of pressure to not fail and avoid being found out this may lead others to an inability to even enjoy their success as success brings the pressure of visibility and I think like the pressure to not fail is like it's too much because everybody fails yeah no literally everyone fails you cannot have success without failure it simply does not happen there is not one person on this universe that has just succeeded in everything they do like there has been a lot of trial and error leading up to that success like olympic gymnasts just don't go out and do backflips and can do it right yeah, away like, like it takes Simone practice Boyles falls yeah she she biffs it sometimes she's human yeah everyone's like it Failure is part of success and in fact like should be embraced as part of success and I like kind of that point about the pressure of like visibility and stuff too like I can totally resonate with that because I remember that one time I had a TikTok. It wouldn't didn't even go viral. It was just one where basically I had said what I charge. I've talked about this uh, a few times and I had people in my comments saying like the meanest things like oh like your content's not even that good like br- there's no way brands pay you that blah 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 like saying all this stuff and just going into my content and just diminishing it and I that was a really hard week for me it's really hard not to take that stuff personally especially when you know you're already self-conscious you already have like your if you listen to RuPaul's Drag Race inner saboteur <laughs> um, kind of telling you that you are not good enough anyways and I have to fight past that every day and then just having these people just echoing back what I already tell myself was just horrible and so I had like the biggest bout of imposter syndrome that week just feeling like I wasn't good enough like I wasn't allowed to fail and I have failed and you know these people are seeing me and they hate my stuff and they just don't think that I'm good enough and that was just that was really hard and like I think all of us experience that in some way shape or form especially as creators and hopefully like going into this episode because we're going to go into a few tips here um, to help overcome that imposter syndrome. Hopefully these help you guys because I think these these have kind of helped us because I think this is just a forever prevalent thing. So going into it, tip number one is to recognize the imposter feelings when they emerge. So make sure that you're aware of the feelings. And that is the first step to changing your perspective on who you are and what you do. Track these thoughts, write them down in your journal, your computer, or even notes on your phone. This exercise will help you identify when these feelings of self-doubt creep up and understanding like what those triggers are. Like if you understand like, oh, when I post on Instagram, I feel this way. Maybe try changing. This is easier said than done, right? And it takes a lot of time and practice. Like for me, stuff like this has taken honestly years of mind work and like retraining my brain to say, oh, this is just my, I'm going to, I'm going to use inner saboteur a lot today. This is just like my inner saboteur, like just telling me that this, like, I'm going to fail. This is wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Just recognize like when you feel those things and 
like understand what those triggers are so that you can start to work through it. And I think one of the things to remember here, right, is like you can't start to fix a problem if you don't recognize it, right? Yeah. So like recognizing that this negative self-talk and this chronic self-doubt is happening is the first step, right? I don't want you to like sit on what you've written and feel super bad about yourself. And you probably will as like, because like, you know, those negative thoughts, feelings and emotions, that's not the truth or the reality of who you are. Like, that's why you feel bad. You're feeling bad because it's not in true alignment and you know that you're worthy and you know that you're intelligent and you know that you're creative, right? And so part of this exercise is just recognizing that this is happening. And so for me, um, I actually didn't know I was dealing with imposter syndrome all through undergrad. I've kind of talked to Maddie about this. I literally thought I was going to get kicked out of the business school because they would find out how dumb I was. Like, I literally thought I was like I was like I did not want to fail I thought I was so lucky like why would they let me in I had only a 3-1 GPA I was like I really thought I was going to get kicked out of the business school and then part of it is like you know like there's multiple like lots of layered stuff but like I wish I had recognized like that was happening I didn't know I even went through that until after I graduated until I saw a TED talk that talked about imposter syndrome. And I was like, this was my college experience. Like I literally wow. thought I was like on the wow. verge of failure. And so, um, but I didn't know that. And now that like after college, after I saw the TED talk, after I talked to my mentor, I was like, now I can actually recognize when these imposter syndrome feelings are happening and I don't need to like suffer in silence and like think that I'm going to get kicked out of and like why would they, they but I look back why would they even kick me out yeah no <laughs> they would, that's they like would not, not reality no they would not kick you out <laughs> they definitely would not and I think like the importance of recognizing it too is like once you can recognize it and point out those thoughts like it kind of kicks away that confirmation bias that you get because our brains like with confirmation bias we basically look for things that affirm the things that we already believe and so if we feel like we're failures if we feel like we are imposters and that we don't have a right to take up the space that we're taking up if we feel like we're not real businesswomen and we can't speak to these things then we're constantly looking for things to affirm that fact we're constantly looking for things that like oh I did just get lucky in that case like anything that like anything that goes against what you know, against saying like, I am not an imposter here. I can take up this space. I am an expert in this space. Anything that goes against it will just be chalked up to luck or external factors that have nothing to do with you and things that you can control because then it, your brain is affirming the things that it already believes. And it doesn't have to, you know, stress out about like trying these new experiences. Cause it's just like, nope, nope, nope. I'm going to fail anyway. And it's, it's, it's scary and it's stressful and like confirmation bias can just make it worse. So recognizing that and being able to overcome that because you recognize like this is just my, you know, imposter syndrome coming in my head and telling me these things, you can help overcome it that way. And then tip number two is to rewrite your narrative. So now that you know that you're experiencing imposter syndrome and you're working towards uh, recognizing when these thoughts pop into your head, you can start rewriting and retelling a better feeling story. So self-talk is a huge part of our experience. Instead of saying, I don't deserve success, I, don't, I suck at what I do, or I look dumb when I speak into the camera, start to replace those things with 
it's normal not to know everything or I'm learning as I go. Today, I might be here, but tomorrow I'll be further along in my journey or every day I get better with practice. Like, I've been doing this with my internal narrative for everything I do and it has literally changed my life. Like when I used to get so overwhelmed from like how stressful a day was and I just needed a break, I would, I used to kick myself and say, why are you being so lazy? You haven't done anything today. Like, what are you doing? And instead I've started replacing that with, I've had a really overwhelming day. My body needs a break. Or if I am really stressed one day and I've gone through a lot and maybe I haven't done a lot of work, like maybe I haven't done a lot of like what quote unquote would be counted as work or things that typically exude energy. And I think about, oh, but my brain has been racing with these anxious thoughts. And that also can be really draining for your body and your mind. So I start to think, you know what? I have had a really stressful day today. So instead of saying I'm being lazy, I say I am being kind to my body. And just changing those little things and recognizing like not being so hard on yourself has it's so, so important and just rewriting how your brain thinks that. And it takes practice. It, the first time that like I sat down and was like, oh, you're being so lazy. I had to stop and retrain and say no. I am not being lazy. This is what it is. And I think that's also why tip number one, kind of writing that down when it comes up can be really helpful because if you write it down, it's a lot easier to then write down the kind version of, you know, that mean thing that you're saying to yourself in your head. Yeah, I don't think people realize that like, and sometimes it just comes with practice and maturity and it comes with, it just comes with time. It's like, oh, wait, I have control over the thoughts that I listen to. I have control over what I tell myself, right? And again, like, I I can't remember who was talking about it, but like, you would never go to your best friend and say, you don't deserve success. No. You suck at what you, no, you would never do that. So you, you also, you kind of have to see yourself like you are your own biggest advocate, right? You have to take care of yourself. And the bit, one of that biggest parts of your experience is how you talk to yourself. And so think about that, right? You would never go to your best friend, put him or her down. And so like, why do you put yourself down if you're in a cycle of you know, imposter syndrome. Absolutely. So tip number three, you guys, is be kind to yourself. Remember that failure, mistakes, and lessons are all a part of the journey, especially as content creators and influencers. You can forgive yourself for the mistakes and reframe that as learning opportunities. So like what Maddie was saying, right? Instead of being like, my gosh, you're being so lazy today. You didn't write this caption or edit this photo, right? You can completely start to like recognize, reframe and like tell a different story. You can say instead, right? All right, today's been a tiring day. What I'm focusing on today is taking care of myself and giving myself some self-care time. Yeah, like I think I've talked about this a few times before, but I don't think I've brought it up in a while is the to-do list. So instead of focusing on like that to-do list, obviously, I think we still need to-do lists. I think we can't be rid of those as much as I would love to be. But having like a to-do list where basically instead of having tasks to do, you have a set of things that you want to celebrate that you've done that day. Like saying instead of saying, oh, I just sat down today and didn't really do much, say, I took time to relax like and or if you took like a five hour nap in the middle of the day, like maybe don't do that every day. But I've done that and I felt horrible about it. And I talked to my therapist about it and she was like, 
if you napped for five hours, your body probably needed it. Like you're exhausted, like your body probably needed it. So I actually applaud you for taking that time because you just did what your body needed. You listened to your intuition and you listened to yourself. And I was like, I guess I did. Like it sounds so weird to applaud myself for a five hour nap in the middle of a day. But really like you guys taking care of your body is something to applaud. Setting your boundaries and being firm is something to applaud. Doing these things and like standing up for yourself, standing up for yourself like to a brand when you tell a brand, you know, they've maybe asked too much of you and you say, hey, no, that's not something that I'm comfortable with doing or this wasn't in our contract. Standing up for yourself and knowing that you are like you are a businesswoman, you have the right to like take up this space and set your boundaries. That can be really empowering and you can applaud yourself for that and put that on your to-do list. What what's on your to-do list today? I feel like that'd be kind of like a fun little exercise for anyone listening to this episode today to do to just write down like a to-do list for your for this week and just yeah. all the things that you've accomplished, even if it is taking a five hour nap. <laughs> um, and again, right, the, these exercises like this, right, it's all about really like practicing kindness to yourself and gratitude to yourself and like rewriting that narrative, right? And like, you'll find you guys if you really are taking it seriously and you're consistent about how you talk to yourself, like, you're just going to have a completely different experience and like outlook in life. The last thing we want to talk about very related to the Tadalis is to reward yourself and like cheer yourself on for the things you've done well and the goals that you've accomplished. You guys like, it can be like, okay, this week I did my three Instagram posts or I hopped on Pinterest and I set up my pins for the week. Like that's a, those are major tasks. You know what I mean? Like don't sell yourself short for for doing those things. No, I've been bragging to Emma nonstop like for the last few days about my Trello board (laughs) because I laid out my content plan for like a month ahead, which normally like I don't do that that far in advance. June, I like my content strategy went out the window because of how busy I was. And girl, how many times have I shown you my Trello? (laughs) It looks really good. Like I've shown you like 10 times, even though nothing's really changed. I just keep showing it to her and I'm like, look at this. Look at what I'm doing. And I'm just proud of myself and I like I didn't used to do that and I think it really is important to kind of cheer yourself on brag show like share those accomplishments like with your friends and family like it you have the right to be excited about everything that you're doing and how hard you're working and everything that you're achieving so pat yourself on the back like practice some pride in yourself and it might take a while to like kind of rewire your brain to think that way but honestly you guys like now that we're talking through it in this episode like this has been something that I've been working on for such a long time. And I didn't really think about how far I've come until now. Cause I, I just remember my brain track used to instantly jump to you're lazy. What are you doing? And now it's just, I'm just taking care of myself and that's huge. And I think it's like so important to recognize that again, you guys like with me, my experience with imposter syndrome, I literally was like, I can't fail. And like that pressure, that stress, I was incredibly stressed out through undergrad I was I don't think I Brandon and I were actually were, 
were talking about it, Brandon's like, I don't know if I like would have been friends with you because you were so serious. <laughs> you were, uh, you just had so much going, going on, on, friend. Yeah. Like, like you've always had so much going on. I think like it's, it's easy when you are undergoing imposter syndrome to feel like you need to take on all these tasks. Like I remember I used to take such great pride in like, I work a nine to five, but I also work 40 hours a week on Instagram and I also do this and I have zero social time and I would like take pride almost in burning myself out and like because I like had all these things because I didn't want to fail and I was like look at I'm like doing all these things and that used to be my badge of honor instead of being like setting the boundaries and taking care of myself and it's like a huge pivot yeah and I think that's well like what's important to know right like people experience imposter syndrome it might look like there's totally successful and I think like from the outside at least like that's what my classmates told me like I remember one kid in my sales program was like you're an overachiever and I was <laughs> blinking and I was like what are you talking about like it's like you're like no I'm like no I'm not but then like I like look back and it's like because I didn't want to fail I overworked myself right like I I had internships every summer I organized um, the TED conference for UW I ran the Victoria's Secret pink team to the point where like I was so I, and I didn't even realize it. I broke out in chicken pox uh, my junior year, you guys. Your body, like, my body has, like, <laughs> when well, it's your time body just takes on stress. Like, stress is literally, like, it, it actually affects you. I feel like people just don't, like, know that. Like, I think people do know it, like, because they, they start to, like, feel overwhelmed. But I don't think people recognize how much of an effect stress can yeah. have on your body. And you guys, I've had chicken pox before. Like, let's just, like, because people are like, oh, my God, like, have you had, you didn't have it as a kid? I was like, no, like. I know it's like a crazy way, but like that caused me to to literally take a three week break where I couldn't go on campus. I was still like doing classes like, you know, I mean, I wasn't online, but like I was just keeping up with readings and like doing the homework assignments like from well, home. You had chicken pox. I, mean, I would have been napping <laughs> <laughs> just nonstop. Sleeping. I was probably like probably one of the most like sick I've been it's really hard when you're an adult I don't know if you guys have heard that like when you get chicken pox in as an adult it's like really really, really takes a toll on you um and that's the most exhausted I've ever been but it forced me to like take a break so again you guys but like on the outside I'm trying not to fail and like I'm not feeling good about myself I think that's the biggest one it's like I was unhappy yeah and so that's why we're like talking about imposter syndrome today right you you've probably experienced it in school in a new job, starting a new create, you know, content creation career. And so hopefully all these tips and these experiences today, you know, kind of help you like see what's going on. And if you're looking for more resources, highly recommend watching that TED talk. It's been a few years, obviously. You can just search imposter syndrome TED talk. And I forgot that woman's name. She's an incredible speaker, um, did a whole TED talk on it. And then Harvard Business Review also breaks down imposter syndrome and more tips on how to overcome it. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. If we haven't connected yet on Instagram, you can find us at Emma's Edition, at MadCrate, and at the Content Creatives Podcast. Join our Facebook group and sign up for our weekly email newsletter on our website. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.